as the day-to-day goes along, you find yourself in conversations about uh, perspective. And the perspective is that since we have cloud instances and cloud services, when can we get rid or when can we move on from the on-premise activity that we have going on? So it's almost a concern to bring up Active Directory still exists in some conversations. What do you tell them? Right. um, I try not to cry. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Welcome. You're listening to the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast. We just call it the HIP Podcast, the premier podcast for identity-centric cybersecurity pros, presented by Semperis. Today, we're here with Andrew Cedergren, Senior Security Engineer Lead for Identity and Access Management for Delta Airlines. Hi. Hello, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. It's fantastic. You at the Hybrid Identity Protection Conference, uh, the tech day that we had in uh, Atlanta a little while ago, you gave a talk about identity lifecycle and identity lifecycle security yes. and how to secure identities. Do you want to first, you know, tell, tell me a little a bit about what you do in your day job and then tell me what you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. From a, from a day-to-day focus in identity and access management, it's really uh, combining the fundamentals and the fundamentals to me wrap around directory security availability and bringing that from on-premise into our cloud instances right across uh, multiple stages and what I mean by stages is um, from the time an identity is provisioned to its lifespan potential changes that occur in there then also where they're where it's utilized um, and that can be uh, inside four walls and you know in a corporate network or used outside right coming in from the external aspect and um, experience throughout my consulting career brings that from travel and tourism into into e-commerce um, you, you know and healthcare from uh, small to mid-sized business to large to enterprise organizations right so you're talking about the whole you know, the the crud acronym create read update delete perfect and that's how it makes you feel sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah ex- exactly yep. and so this is about you know as as you were saying for most organizations most organizations are hybrid mm-hmm. and most organizations identity yep. if not all of it most of it that they have in the cloud originate on premises correct yes. and and you're talking about where it originates yes at absolutely. the very at, at the spring as it were yeah because as as the day-to-day goes along you find yourself in conversations about uh, perspective and the perspective is that since we have cloud instances and cloud services when can we get rid or when can we move on from the on-premise activity that we have going on. So it's almost a, um, it's almost a a concern to bring up Active Directory still exists in some conversations. What do you tell them when Uh, they ask that question? Right. um, I try not to cry. It's more of an emotional response than, um, than a business response. I I, I mix emotions in the, in the industry. So, um, so what I tell them is none of this actually occurs without that. Okay. And and the basics being that from, uh, from identity and when um, an account can be created, take into consideration 
mentioned that we still have Active Directory. We still have Active Directory uh, administrators, engineers, and now we're introducing identity platforms across the enterprises. We're introducing privileged access management and vaulting solutions in enterprises. All of these co-mingle and they have to get along. And from an identity and directory perspective, you start to see a separation as time goes along. Okay. And the concern there is that if identity operates in a silo and directory operates in a silo, you have a scenario like in the movie Predator when Arnold Schwarzenegger encounters the Predator and they both ask the question, who are you to one another? That's how it feels on the directory side when an account comes along. That doesn't match how an identity should be provisioned. Mm. And that that's really the, the, the crux of it is building that partnership from directory to identity that can stabilize the fundamentals. And the fundamentals still revolve around properties that can be set on accounts, attributes that can be um, populated on accounts. Those same items from on-premise can be consumed by your cloud services and their provider. Right, like a dynamic group that's exactly. built in Azure Active Directory <clears throat> that relies on attributes that you have from on-premise. Absolutely. Yep. And if that's not right, at the wellspring, as it were, mm -hmm. and then it goes from there. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and those items, believe it or not, can be amiss between what the identity team is doing and what the, the expectations of the control is from an information security compliance standpoint. So if you talk about the, the examples of multi-factor authentication, there's even um, continued push for FIDO2 and security key authentication. Um, from both services, and, uh, AWS, you can apply UTF keys, right, to, to meet some of the needs from a, from a biometric key standpoint. From an Azure Active Directory side, you can do the same thing. You can sell, you, you can enroll groups of people or groups of users in these authentication protocols. Those controls are what's what's a concern because the identity team still still is worried about what's coming from our data sources, our data source HR, right? How valid is that data and what what is an account that they need? But what gets amiss there is they need one account, they need another one, they're also an IT administrator, they're also a domain administrator, they're also a customer, they're also a retiree, they're also a contractor. Those kind of components that play into the persona of the identity and the additional controls you can actually put in place with the basics, attributes and properties. You bring up a good point, which is that it's easy to think of the source of Active Directory, the source of truth, as it were, as being HR, but there are many different personas beyond the basic um, employee, FTE or vendor mm -hmm. uh, identity that comes out of there. There is, as you say, there is the administrative account, which yep. never shows up in HR. Correct. Uh, there is the external, there's the B2B guest account. Yep. Um, there is the as we're seeing increasingly um, in in the in the enterprise, especially in the hybrid enterprise, we're increasingly seeing the personal account, yep. the you know the Microsoft account or the Gmail account mm -hmm. being used to access corporate resources. Yeah, spot on. One of the gaps that that you try to bridge over is that depending on the maturity of your identity platform, your processes and services, right? Um, you take a step back and you can laugh about that. Right now, our identity provisioning and our directory management. Right. Um, nine out of 10 people could look around the room and say right now, yeah, it's our, our process that we that we operate upon is uh, SPSS as an acronym. Right. Some people and some scripts. Right. That's our, <laughs> that's what we have as our control. And and with that frame of mind, um, the one, one component that I always operate.
operate on is it's um, actually um, a, a reminder that on the dashboard when your car says change oil soon, right? It's not a check engine, okay? So we're gonna keep going, right? We're just gonna, we're gonna keep that in the back of our mind. And if you operate that you can improve these items as time goes along and then take a step back and start to look at how mature your identity provisioning platform is, you can bring that awareness to your identity team that says from these controls, did you know that we have cloud native services? You had mentioned B2B, Sean, and guest users as an example. You can actually mature your identity platform to reach out to your cloud provider, your cloud service, add a state and aggregate and actually bring in the list of users into your internal identity platform. Now, depending on how mature or how crazy you want to get at that point, you could do relationships based on the schema that you have defined in your identity system, right? Because there's schemas. We say schema, we think Active Directory and forest level schemas. Within an identity platform, you can also have a schema that builds relationships and levels mm. to accounts and a persona and what exists for roles and accounts for an individual. So what recommendations do you have for, um, I don't know if we want to call it easy wins or, mm -hmm. you know, the, the if you had have someone had to start somewhere in your strongest recommendations, what would they be? Yep. The strongest recommendations would be that uh, bring the directory team individual active directory. You can have a virtual directory, right? You can have an ODSE uh, Oracle directory. You can have other directories, right? And keep in mind the target systems that uh, we we provision to within identity um, are not just an active directory, right? To, to build upon that a little bit. Don't forget about mainframe and other, and other capabilities. These all have the same relationships, right? There's fundamental attributes and properties associated with each account in these, in these specific instances. And so where to start is bridge that gap back from directory and provision accounts from what we know about directory, bring that to the identity team mm -hmm. and, and make them understand, right, in partnership that here's the critical nature of how we can use attributes and properties across all of these targets to control the identity through its entire lifespan and provisioning with those at the at, from inception, right, from the time that they begin um, is, is what he's the burden and um, it, it is a reality that the identity team is not a directory team right if you understand that as a step one and do not assume the assumptions is what is what is difficult to overcome that sounds like a lot of it is organizational also though because your stakeholders are all across the company mm -hmm. there's the active directory team there's the IAM team there's the HR team yep. there's the mainframe team there's all the, the application owners that need identities provisioned into their application correct via your IAM system so you have to understand what all of their requirements or at least most of their requirements are to understand how the identity should be formed. Correct. Yep. And one of the controls that you can wrap around that rather um, outside of getting into the HRIT to identity provisioning to directory conversation, go up to one other layer, right? Away from the source of truth, go more downstream and understand the services layers and access into those downstream targets. So one example is when we start talking about federated authentication, right? And the controls that we can wrap around that. Think about your federation provider and the services layer that you can provide for an enterprise, both internally and externally. 
and the same requirements that allow an identity to be provisioned. If you take into consideration the basics of populating attributes a certain way, setting properties a certain way, you can wrap those into a federated provider authentication policy and other controls where you from the from the HRIT and identity services platform all the way out to the user experience and their authentication, you can tie back all of those values and scope out authentication policies at the services layer prior to the individual accessing applications. So you can, you can again, build upon that experience to say, we, Sean, as a user, for example, we provisioned him. He's a, he's an employee. He's here, but he also has an IT admin, an IT admin account. Okay. If you have a standard adoption across, across an organization that's understood as an authentication pattern, here's how we consume authentication services. Wrap authentication and authorization policies in at that layer. Look for the attributes that you set at the time of provisioning that have been agreed upon between HR and your identity provisioning team that's, that you aided from the directory site built and those authentication policies change and control that experience. If you use your IT administrator account to, to log on to an application, I built in a policy control around that. You can't use that account type. And the account type, again, you start building on those attributes. That's how you start to understand it if an account looks real in your environment. Because taking into consideration that authentication services layer, and if you have multiple accounts with property set a certain way, attributes a certain way, and you have authentication and authorization controls built in, mm -hmm. if I sneak into your environment and create an account, I might not know about these extended attributes you have. I might not know about these properties, okay? And so the example would be if I create an account in your active directory, but I don't populate an attribute a certain way. I have authentication controls at that layer that doesn't allow any authentication to occur because you don't have values that I've created. It's not the standard. Correct. And that also makes it easier for the applications to consume Correct. all of this because you're presenting them with a standardized service, as it were. Yeah, and uh, fundamentally still, uh, still focusing from an on-premise and outward approach into um, Microsoft Azure services, AWS services. Right. Well, thanks, Andrew. I really yeah. appreciate the insight. That uh, sounds uh, it must be really interesting implementing and, and working on the stuff that you're that you're describing here because there's a lot of organizational work. There's a lot of detail work to make this to make this go, but a lot of benefits. Absolutely, it's a day to day challenge, and I think that from a hybrid identity uh, standpoint, the you know us as a community um, uh, can, can build upon the foundation and and uh, where we see the services transitioning and going. Thanks again, Andrew. And you got it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation. 